Hello there. This is Henry Harris. Welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, psychological homeostasis. Okay, let us begin. So the fact that you and I are connected to a single simple source, that everything is connected to a single simple source, that there is no source of anything other than that one source, means that we are connected to wisdom, to intelligence, that our psychological experience is itself being created in one, in one way, and that the world and its events and circumstances, those of the past, those that are unfolding around me, those that I anticipate in the future, none of those things are actually generating my psychological experience. Rather, it is an experience of a single simple source. And that, and, and despite the fact that I can experience uh, alarming feelings and fearful feelings and um, all kinds of feelings, all of them are a part of a single simple source. They are evidence of being a human being, a healthy human being, and alive. And they're safe. It's true. There are things to understand about our experience, our feelings. But the, the most important thing to do with feelings is to, is to see and understand and appreciate the truth about them, that they are part of a world that is unfolding and safe and healthy. And so when I can experience um, a lingering feeling of, of, of shame or of... Uh, Let's say shame. Let's take shame. Shame is a good one. Let's say there's an experience of, of shame. So there's information there, as we spoke about last week. There's, there could very well be information. Shame is a helpful feeling. It can point to the possibility of perhaps I've done something in violation of my own standards or in violation of someone's rights. Maybe there's something to look over there. It's like a, it's like a smoke alarm. Look and see. If the smoke alarm is blaring, maybe there's some fire behind that smoke. Maybe I have violated some kind of a, um, a standard of mine or someone else's. But the presence of that smoke, the presence of that feeling is itself not dangerous. It's part of a, it's part of a single, simple source. And we can learn about ourselves and we can learn about our lives, but not to the degree that we're running away from those feelings. So to be in our feelings is the first the, the, to be in this appreciation of the of the healthiness and the the wisdom of those feelings, it allows us to kind of orient ourselves. It allows us to to, to experience the possibility of of not having to run away, not having to hide, not having to fight or struggle. We can be in our lives, and you know I see this as I've expressed on many occasions. I speak, I see this as first and foremost the fulfillment of several very meaningful commandments. There's the mitzvah of Amuna, the commandment to believe and affirm that there's a single, simple source behind all life, and to know that the feelings I'm having are part of a, uh, I'm, I'm feeling something that's, it's not just the events of the world, it's not just what people can do or say, uh, or what, uh, um, it, it, the, the feelings that I'm having are not describing an actual replica of the world kind of coming at me, they're they're describing a state of mind. They're describing a state of uh, a psychological experience that is, it's meaningful data 
but it's data that comes in the context of a safe world, a healthy world, a healthy experience of being alive. So there's the mitzvah of affirming and acknowledging the single simple source. And then there's the mitzvah of knowing that there is, there is no other power. It can't be that my child's behavior is the actual source of my, uh, of my feeling distress. It's a, um, it's true I'm experiencing distress, but that conflict that I'm seeing them, my children have, or that setback that my child is having, or that difficulty I'm having with a colleague or a spouse or whomever, that's not the direct source of the feelings that I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing a mood that's unfolding inside of me. And it and I, I see this for myself simply because I know I have moods. I know that my moods do shape and change the way I experience the world around me. I know that my children's conflicts can look to me um, alarming in a grand manner, or they can look to me um, difficult, challenging, but more or less part of a world that I'm interested in being in that I have no need to manage or fix or run from. They represent an opportunity, a challenge, uh, but I can be there. I can be in my life. That's, I guess, the biggest takeaway is like, can I be in my life or do I need to get out of my life on the terms that it's presently showing up as? Can I be in my life on its terms as it's presently showing up? And with this understanding that our feelings, our psychological experiences is part of an internal weather system that bears wonderful opportunity to learn, but it's not directly describing a danger. Uh, it, it's nothing that I can't be in. That, that's, that's just been very valuable and very precious to me. So I mentioned today's topic is the subject of psychological homeostasis. I wasn't 100% sure what it is, what it was that I wanted to talk about today. And as I was reviewing, my, my daughter was reviewing a, a notes for a science test. She kept repeating this word homeostasis, homeostasis. And the definition she gave was the, um, the process whereby an internal organ, an organism seeks to maintain a certain constancy in its internal world even as external factors are changing. So homeostasis, it's a process whereby by an organism and its components seek to maintain a constancy, even as the world and the external realities are shifting and changing. So I asked her, well, what happens when, a, when an organism is not maintaining homeostasis? So she says that organism dies. And I thought, well, that's fascinating because that really speaks to the value of seeking and uh, the truth about our psychological experience, the value of kind of how I see emuna, the mitzvah of knowing there's a single source behind all life, how, how uh, recognizing the role of emuna or the understanding of emuna as it plays into my, my moods, my feelings, my psychological experience. It, to the degree that I have live in a world where I know that, uh, Everything, everything exists in a safe, from a safe and single, simple source. Then even as the world around me is shifting and moving and there's unresolved matters, there's financial issues that have to be addressed, there's a conflict with a loved one, friend or neighbor, and there's um, a, a broken down car, Wh whatever the circumstances are as they're shifting and they're, un and they're unfolding, there's no question that 
experiencing a sense of stability is a very valuable thing for every living organism. It's fascinating to me that on a cellular level, we see the 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 orientation of our smallest organisms, our smallest cells are seeking to kind of find this constancy to to maintain a certain um, sameness. And in truth, in Judaism, that's what we're looking for. We're looking to point to the sameness behind life, the sameness in the sense that there's one single simple source. So even though the circumstances are changing, even though my moods are moving and shifting, those moods and feelings that are shifting and changing are occurring within an unchanging intelligence. So I'm I'm capable of having moods, but really what's happening is is that my the reality, I, I've often used this metaphor of having a home, but not always being at home. I always have a home. It's just that I'm not always there. I always have a psychological home. I'm just not always residing in that experience of a psychological home. My psychological home, as as I would describe it, is is a clear appreciation of of kind of a of a of an inner truth there's an inner truth behind the world that's moving and shifting and changing there's a a, a quiet still st- uh, there's a quiet still oneness and even though my eyes and my spiritual eyes can lose sight of that and i feel drawn after all the busyness and all the conflict and and um, the torrent of of upheavals and changes, there's still a quiet that is re- residing beneath it. And I can be in that realization, okay, I'm I'm my 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 state of mind, my my feelings are kind of directed away from that kind of stillness, that home. But the stillness is still there. I'm I'm in possession of a home. I just, I'm not at home right now. My state of mind is in an agitated, uh, uh, I'm experiencing a certain flow of agitation right now. I'm experiencing a certain flow of, of a certain insecure energy, a certain insecure consciousness. But it's not something I need to fix. It's not something I can fix. And in fact, the, 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 the perception that I can fix it is what draws me into a type of analysis. It's what draws me into a type of effort that that doesn't really have a, a result. It doesn't really have an accomplishment. It's what might be called a fool's errand. It hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt to get agitated feelings and, and moods. I, I, I feel them. They're uncomfortable. But I have room to some extent to some extent less, to some extent more. I have room in my life for agitated moods. I can hold that mood knowing that I needn't run away from it, that it's, it's, it is itself emanating from that single simple source that is inviting me. Do you know what's, that there's something deeper and true behind this mood? Do you know that? Do you know that you needn't get lost in this mood? You needn't... Um, engage or run from this mood as if it were truly a real phenomenon. You can be in the mood without having the real the, the need to, uh, to to solve it, to finish it, to fix it. 
because there's something more real than the mood. The mood is itself a uh, a manifestation of a of an energy that you aren't the source of. You and I generate a whole flow. There's a whole flow of of flows that are going through us that we are not the author of. And we can watch them, and we can experience them, experience them, we can be in them. And it is absolutely normal to seek what is true, what's unchanging about those moods. And in fact, that's the home, that's psychological psychological homeostasis, the the willingness and the ability to seek what's unchanging and true about the, the flow of feelings that we're having. And I would say I would suggest that that's a muna. That that is a deeper recognition. That's a a type of knowing. That's a wondrous gift. There's a logic about that that knowing, that is not necessarily felt. There's a, an intellectual kind of simple logic about it, and then there's the capacity to experience the insight, the gift of that of sensing that, the feeling of that recognition. That is a gift. It's not something that I know how to manufacture, but I experience it, and I'm grateful for it when I see it. I acknowledge it even after it's gone. I didn't create it. The circumstances didn't generate it. It was a gift of understanding, and it's precious. It came from that sing- from the single source, and so do my moods. So do my agitated states. They're also emanating from that single, simple source. And I am looking for what's unchanging and true about what's what's unchanging and true about those feelings and those moods. What's behind those moods? That's unchanging. There's only one source. There's only one source. As I like to say, I'm interested in this world in being a truth seeker, not a not a feeling seeker. I want I, I've I've invested a lot in being a feeling seeker, and I was not very successful in seeking the right feelings and avoiding the wrong feelings. And I still find myself at times engaged in that, and it and it usually revs me up quite a bit, and I don't do very well with it. Um, but as I become more comfortable with looking for the truth about feelings. I've, I find myself more capable of more more frequently, capable of being successful, and it has nothing to do with changing my feelings. It happens to be that my feelings do, on the whole, uh, feel nicer, more frequently, and less troubling, less frequently. But the pursuit of the truth behind feelings has been has been uh, has been the key and that's really what what is the definition of that which is what what is the definition of truth truth is something that's unchanging truth is something that's constant it it's not subject to opinions it's not subject to um, the, if it's true it's something that is truly unchanging and that I think is the is what's kind of exciting and meaningful about the idea of psychological homeostasis that that we are all seekers of truth. We are all seekers. We, we, of course, we want to feel good, but even more than we want to feel good, we want to know what's good. We want to know what's true, even about the feelings that we're feeling, the moods that we're having. If we're open to that goal of psychological homeostasis, of the real, the real kind of kunz, the real point of a psych- psychological homeostasis, then we are opening ourselves to. To a, to a doorway of, of, of successful living. We can, we can seek that as a goal. What is true about my psychological experience? What's true about my moods and feelings? Are they, they're offering me information. What, what, 
what what do I know about what's beneath and what's behind them? And in that manner, we'll be healthy psychological organisms.